Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Happy Thursday to you. And it is May 4th, so I will say May the 4th be with you. So, uh, listen, I like Star Wars. I really do. But I'm not like one of these over-the-top Star Wars people. Uh, you may be, and I don't, I don't fault you for that at all. But I was thinking about this this morning because uh, there's a a woman that um, I know who is a teacher, and I asked her like, "What are you doing for Star Wars Day in in your classroom?" And she showed me photos of the way that they had decorated the classroom and the like special stuff they were doing for like a little party. And this is a kindergarten teacher, by the way, so don't <laughs> don't think that like you know an eighth grade teacher is like, oh, we're not going to learn anything today. We're just going to talk Star Wars. This is a kindergarten teacher, so they they this is part of the incorporation of of, of the lesson plan, and uh, you know, and she showed me like she's wearing a Chewbacca T-shirt today, and uh, although you know she looks absolutely adorable, I was thinking to myself, when did this ever happen when I was in school? <laughs> you know, like the adults that came before me weren't big Star Wars fans. I mean, my dad was, my mom was, they saw the original when it came out and my parents are only 20 years older than me. So they're, they're 65. So they were right in that target audience when Star Wars came out. I was maybe a little bit older. I was, I came along in 78. So I came right after the, the first movie. I remember going to the drive-in in Braintree, the one that is now a park and ride on the side of uh, 128. Is that it? 128. On the side of the road there, there's that big park and ride. You can still see the drive-in screen in the back. There used to be two. But I, I, I went there and I saw Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, back to back, when I was very young, like four or five. No, I had to have been younger than that. And then the next day, because we lived in, in Randolph. So the next day, or maybe we, yeah, I think we lived in Randolph at the time, or Brockton. And then the next day we went back to there and they had a flea market and they had all kinds of Star Wars actions, action figures and stuff. So I remember going home with a Luke Skywalker. And then, of course, when Return of the Jedi came out a few years later, my dad took me to see that like once it was in like the bargain theater. 
I don't think he was in too much of a rush to go out and see that one. And so we waited till it came to the bargain theater. I think he was just waiting for me to be a little bit older so that I would have a better understanding of the film. So we went after my birthday, after my fifth birthday. And so I think that it is, you know, a big, big part of my childhood, but I never would have expected it to get to the level that it is nowadays, where today is considered a holiday by some people. And that, you know, a kindergarten class is having a Star Wars day. I never would have thought it would get to that. When I was in school, um, when I was younger, like kindergarten, first grade, everybody was into it. Like all the boys were into it. I didn't know too many girls that were Star Wars fans at the time. Obviously, that has changed quite a bit. But it was just, you know, the boys in my class would play Star Wars. I had blonde hair as a kid, so I got to be Luke Skywalker a lot of the time. I kind of enjoyed being Darth Vader, though. And then when I was in, I don't know, second grade, things became more all about Indiana Jones. We played Indiana Jones every day out at recess. And then as we got, like, Ninja Turtles, Transformers, Thundercats... That would kind of become what we would what we play outside. So I always had a few friends that were like into Star Wars, but nobody was like super into Star Wars. My friend Jeremy that lived next door when I was in kindergarten had all of the action figures, all of the vehicles. He had the the giant Darth Vader and C-3PO carrying cases for the figures. Like he was all about it. And that's, he's the one who taught me who most of these characters were. Because you go and you see the movie, you don't really get all the names. But he was the one that introduced me to all the different characters through his action figures. And told me who they were, and he knew backstories on them, and all kinds of stuff. Which I don't even know how he knew it in those days, because it wasn't like there was a lot of printed materials about it. And then uh, when I went to see, you know, like when I went to see Return of the Jedi with my dad, I could be like, oh, there's Admiral Ackbar. And he's like, what? How do you know all this? <laughs> but we, you know, it was part of our childhood, but it wasn't the predominant thing. In the mid-90s, when they re-released it on VHS, they had the original trilogy one last time, as they called it. That was the tagline for it. Before they went in and they fixed it up and made those special editions, which is, I guess, really all you can get these days. I went out and I... I bought those VHS tapes and I watched them all and I kind of dove back into it. And then I started reading the books and I started getting more into it uh, from the, you know, the extended universe and all of that stuff. But I, I didn't, it didn't like super saturate my life. And then when I was older as an adult and I had my own son, Star Wars became kind of a much bigger thing. I saw the, you know, the, the, the prequel, the original prequel that came out at the time when my wife's brother was about 10 years old. So I went and, and her sister was, I think, 12. So I took them to see the movies and we went to see all three in the theater and it, you kind of got back into the stories a little bit. And then, of course, by the time my son was born and by the time he was like five years old, now they had all the other stuff, Clone Wars and all that stuff. So I saw a little bit of that on the periphery, but I never really fully dove back in. I still haven't seen all the movies. Never saw the Solo movie. Haven't watched uh, the Andor series. 
all the cartoons and all the offshoots of that I haven't watched. But I went out and saw all the new trilogy in the theater. Uh, I went out, uh, you know, I watched, um, I watched uh, all the seasons of The Mandalorian. Actually finished the latest season last night. Watched the Obi-Wan series. Watched the Boba Fett series. And that's, that's about as much as I've dove into the Disney Plus stuff. But it's hard to imagine that something that was like a small portion, and, and, and I say small portion because I was, I was obsessive about movies as a kid. You know, if you watch the Goldbergs, I was like Adam Goldberg when I was a kid. Like all I wanted to do was watch movies, and that's still, that's still what I do in my spare time. But in the 80s, you had all these, you know, super blockbuster sci-fi and comedy movies that like just filled my brain up. So Star Wars was always there, but it wasn't my entire identity. But there's people now that it is their entire identity and it can be because there's so much of it to consume. So when you see people out today and you will, who are wearing their Star Wars shirts or, you know, wearing their Yoda hoodie or whatever it may be, like there's a lot more to that universe. And yes, it, it's, it's a moneymaker. And ever since Disney purchased Star Wars, of course, they've really amped up trying to profit off it. I saw a commercial for a series that will be for kids, like little kids, like with little Jedi. And there's a market for it. There's a market for all of it. There's a market for more adult Star Wars storytelling. There's a market for stuff for preschoolers. And it just, it's following the Marvel blueprint, which as a kid, I was super into Marvel. And I never would have thought there'd be a day when I could just talk about Marvel comics with anybody and they would have a, a working knowledge of who I was talking about. The nerdy stuff from when I was a kid has become mainstream. But anyway, I don't, I don't want to just talk about Star Wars all day. Although if you do want to talk about Star Wars, you can at 508-996-0500. And also, too, there's, <laughs> there's this theory or this, uh, this, this statement that goes around that, you know, Disney has commercialized Star Wars too much. I think you need to look back in, this, in the, the late 70s, early 80s and see how much George Lucas capitalized off of it, which was smart. He took the popularity of it and turned it into merchandising. And I, there's a fascinating documentary. Uh, there's a show on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. And there's an episode about the Star Wars toy line and how Kenner ended up with that and how it built an empire for Lucasfilm. It's just, it's fascinating. And I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but the movie was so huge in spring and summer of 77 that for Christmas of 78, everybody wanted Star Wars toys. And Kenner got the contract to produce them but couldn't get the figures and the stuff done in time for the Christmas shopping season. So they literally sold empty boxes for people to buy and wrap up that had a certificate that said, you know, you're going to get a Luke Skywalker figure once they're ready. 
I mean, that's just ins- Imagine doing that today. You'd never be able to do that today. You know, you can order stuff online and wait for it to wait for it to be available, but they would never send you an empty box to wrap up and put under the Christmas tree. It's just, uh, you know, that, and that's what they sold. They had on the shelves, in the stores, empty boxes that you would go, I guess you would go back and claim the figure. And we used to do all of those toy giveaways where, you know, you collect on the back of the, and this is why so many of those original figures aren't in the original package anymore. It's because you had to cut out the UPC symbols from those original packages to mail in to get exclusive figures. Like you, you didn't get a Boba Fett unless you did that. So it's, it's really fascinating the way that it has kind of um, progressed over the years. And if you are a fan and you want to talk some Star Wars, we can. I, again, I don't go as deep as you probably do because I just haven't gotten into all of the stuff like in the more recent even decades. But it's still something that... See, I always say my, va- my favorite movie trilogy is Back to the Future. I'm obsessive about Back to the Future. But I, I still consider Star Wars to be a very big part of my life. Okay, well, anyway, that's, I didn't mean to talk about that so much, but we can if that's what you want to discuss. Uh, yesterday was Mayor Mitchell's State of the City Address, and uh, Adam Bass has an article up at WBSM.com and on the app where you can get an overview of what was discussed. You can also go in that story, and you will be able to get a link there right at the top where it says State of the City Address. It's hyperlinked. Click on that. That'll bring you to Mayor Mitchell's entire speech from yesterday so that you can, you can read it. And, of course, as with any State of the City address, a lot of it is an update on some of the things that have been discussed in the past, uh, a victory lap for things that have been completed and put into fruition, and there's always going to be discussion about what is coming up in the future. And Mayor Mitchell talked a lot about what's going on with the harbor, the, the harbor cleanup expected to be f- finished soon, uh, offshore wind components. Well, you'll see more of that because everything's going to start going into full swing this month. He, he mentioned a few, you know, things that kind of might have flown under the radar to, to some degree or things you might have forgot about over the past year. And, and coming up this year, like the restoration of First Baptist Church to open as a performing arts venue. That'll happen later this year. Bristol Community College's National Offshore Wind Institute, the first offshore wind training institution, will open its doors in the waterfront in the late summer. Uh, the funding to replace the airport. The Ernestina returning to her home port of New Bedford fully restored. And work being done finally to get a replacement for the New Bedford Fairhaven Bridge. Those are just some of the things that, you know, were part of the discussion of what's been going on and what's going on forward. But one of the things that, I, and he talked about, you know, keeping the city economically competitive, uh, of course, especially when it comes to, you know, offshore wind, he discussed how when he goes to these conferences, these global conferences, the only city in the United States represented is New Bedford. And he said that that's, you know, that's a huge thing for the city. And it puts us on a global stage. Uh, so he talked some more about some of the things that will be happening off the waterfront as well. He talked about public safety. He talked about how Chief Oliveira is offering the $5,000 
sign-on bonus for new police officers, which, you know, we just had the test, the um, civil service test, so hopefully we've got some new officers coming up in the pipeline. He talked about uh, the housing plan and, and some of the ways that they plan on fixing the homeless. And he talks more about, you know, the roads and, and how his administration has done more to help fix that. But he also had a pretty interesting bit of news regarding city services. And I want to get into that in a moment. But we got a caller on the line here. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hello. Hey, good morning. What I'd like to see What's that? if they ever do uh, the uh, Route 6 bridge, I'd like to see them cut it up maybe in pieces and try to piece it back, to, uh, a good piece of it back to better, back together on Cogswell Street so we can save that bridge, downsize it. And, and use that to replace the Cogswell Bridge? Yeah, just put the, the frame up so it looks nice so we save the, the architect of it. Well, I know that there was some talk about making it some kind of a a monument that they would like oh. have pieces of it and utilize it to make something else in the future. Okay, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I I talked about this with Mayor Mitchell. There are there may be some municipalities that actually need that bridge, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Yeah, that was something that we talked about was whether or not like somebody would actually want to take that bridge and utilize it. There's probably somewhere where they don't need it to, to turn as frequently. And that maybe maybe they would take it. I don't know. I uh, I had recommended letting everybody that's ever been stuck on it go help that, take down a piece of it. But, but Mayor Mitchell thought that that was probably not a likely scenario. And <laughs> I have to agree with him. Uh, so that initiative that I was talking about, um, the mayor announced a standard of appearance for the public realm. A set of policies focused on removing litter and other items in the city streets and open areas. And they're establishing a 311 system so that if you have something that you see that needs to get taken care of that's non emergency, things like potholes, fallen tree branches, graffiti, you can use this 311 system to report those things. And, and, and the mayor said he thinks that. Um, It'll happen by this time next year. They'll have that implemented. So if you have, you know, obviously we've talked quite a bit and we talked with uh, War 3 counselor Sean Oliver about the C-Click Fix app, which is an app that you can, you can go onto your phone, your smartphone, and even take a photo of what it is that needs to be done. And you can send it in to the system, which then puts it into the, you know, puts basically puts in the work order to have this done. Somebody goes in there and sees it and says, okay, let's assign this to get done. But not everybody has a smartphone. We're getting to the point where almost everybody does, but in, in our city in particular, not everybody does. So the 311 system will allow you to still be able to report those things in a non-emergency fashion and have that taken care of. And you know what I'm looking forward to is a year from now when we're doing the midweek with the mayor segment, when people call in and say, ah, you know, I got a tree branch that needs to be taken down. We can tell people just call 311, call 311 and report it that way. And then you'll have 
that avenue to be able to get those things taken care of. You won't have to wait until Wednesdays when the mayor comes in to let them know that it needs to be done. So that's that's a pretty exciting thing. But the system unto itself is is great. But also the fact that there will be a standard of appearance for the public realm. So what that means, I would assume, is that you're going to start to see even further enforcement of some of the littering laws, some of the problem property ordinances and in, in, in the way that some of these properties are taken care of physically. I think you're going to see a lot more emphasis on businesses keeping things clean around them. If you, if you remember, there was uh, the time that um, the city whacked savers for the way that it looked behind the store. I think you're going to see a lot more of that type of enforcement. There was the time when it was, uh, I think it was um, Family Dollar downtown that got whacked for having too much trash out on the street. So you're going to see more enforcement of things like that. And that's a good thing because those are things that, you know, listen, you can't stop litter completely in a city, but you can certainly stop things like that. And when people see things like that, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, subconsciously, it makes them think, well, I mean, look at how dumpy it looks outside that place. What's the big deal if I throw this out my car window? Or I'm going to take the trash out of my car and go stick it over with all that other trash because it's just sitting there anyway. So I think that you're going to start to set a standard that others will adopt. Now, are you still going to stop things? I mean... The biggest litter problem in the world, in my mind, is people throwing cigarette butts out the window. I know you think, like, in the grand scheme of things, a cigarette butt is a tiny little thing. But go walk along any sidewalk, maybe along the, the sidewalk of any parking lot, and you will see two things, three things, four things, really, and depending on what community you're in. Nip bottles, discarded scratch tickets, empty Dunkin' Cups, sometimes half-filled Dunkin' Cups, and cigarette butts. And it's, it's just people's ignorance of, I don't want anybody to know how much money I spent on scratch tickets and lost. I'm just going to toss them out the window. I don't want to fill up. The cars don't even have ashtrays anymore, right? I don't want to fill up my car's ashtray, so I'm going to flick my butt out the window. I'm about to go to Dunkin' and get another Dunkin', but every time I go to Dunkin', the Dunkin' trash is full. So I'm going to just dump my Dunkin' and go get another Dunkin'. It's a lot of Dunkins. So hopefully that kind of mentality and mindset diminishes when you see a much cleaner city around you. And I don't, I listen, I know some of you will disagree, but I don't think that New Bedford is any dirtier than a city at size. But it's a, it's a problem in society where people don't see anything wrong with just throwing stuff out the window. I mean, I'm still driving down the highway sometimes and see somebody throw a takeout bag out the window. Like how, in this day and age, how do you do that? 508-996-0500. We'll take a break and be back in a few. Mm-hmm. 
That was a record people went out and bought in 1977. That's Miko. People said, I can't get enough Star Wars. I got to go out and get this disco record. And people were, people were dancing to that out in the discos. So maybe you did. Maybe you had your, your uh, finest John Travolta bell bottoms on. You had the polyester suit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that I could have danced to the Star Wars theme. It also makes me think of uh, Bill Murray's Nick the Lounge Singer character. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Those are the real words, right? Anyway, 508-996-0500. So uh, I was talking about the State of the City address, and in particular, Mayor Mitchell's plan that he announced for a standard of appearance for the public realm. Policies that will help combat litter and anything that makes the city not be as beautiful as it can be. And he talked about wanting New Bedford to stand out as one of the cleanest cities. One of the cleanest center cities in New England. And that's, as I said before, the city can put as much as it wants to into that. But it's going to take the citizenry to actually make that happen. Things like this 311 system, things like the C-Click Fix app. But also it's going to take people not um, throwing things out the window, not leaving things out in front of their homes, uh, not even just simple things like the assumption, for example, is that a lot of the trash that's along the streets is the result of people throwing things out the window and not caring. But that's, that's not really where a lot of it comes from. A lot of it comes from people having unsecured trash bins, having uh, like a day like today, it's windy out. You put your barrels out today, your barrel gets tipped over, the trash blows down the street, you come home and you pick up the barrel and you say, oh, well, whatever went down the street, I guess went down the street. It's things like that that cause major issues. It's things like having overflowing barrels in your backyard that then blow out into the street. It's funny because my old place on Google, a home that I lived in on Google Maps, when you see it, it has all of this trash outside the house. And it looks like I just lived, like I lived in a dump. And it's because it w- it just happened to be the day that I was doing spring cleaning that they came through or, you know, I don't know if it was spring per se, but I was going in and doing a deep cleaning and I'd gotten rid of a broken couch and replaced it with a new couch and we'd take, we'd swapped out a mattress. Um, I think I had, you know, just had gotten some sort of bonus and we were trying to buy some things that we needed and the Google Maps car comes by <laughs> and takes the photo of the outside of the house. And so that's what existed for years is the outside of the house. And so if you ever saw that, you would get the perception that that's what the neighborhood was like. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. 
Um, so is this the first time uh, in history with the mayor that he didn't say crime was down? <laughs> Did he not? Because I know I know he addressed crime. Did he not he use those words? Safer, I believe. I think he said safer this time. I don't think he used the words crime is down. Uh, now, I, I understand, uh, you know, he has to um, obviously use his best uh, points and he has his ideas, whatever he's putting forth. But you know what I think uh, we need our mayor to, to focus on right now? What's that? Is, uh, what's going on in the streets, uh, you know, daytime shootings. Um, uh, and, and, these, and I'm not going to go through the list right now, but all, all these activities and the fact that we don't have enough officers. And I know what people say, oh, how is that the mayor's fault? Uh, people aren't signing up. Well, you've got to get their pay uh, in, 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 a, in a position where it's attractive. Right now, people do not want to come to New Bedford. They're leaving New Bedford. Another issue we're having is in, uh, with the police department is uh, uh, the, uh, the people that take the calls. They're so understaffed that they're being forced, I believe, 60 to 80 hour weeks, uh, hour uh, uh, um, in a week, and they have to. They have to do it, no matter what, or they get written up or whatever their procedure is. That's something that, that, that the man needs to focus on. And I understand he's trying to make the, the city and put it in his best light. But in reality, for the people in New Bedford, and I hope the people that vote, because there are people that don't vote and there are people that vote. And I hope the people that vote are paying attention or at least uh, are, are being active because, you know, we have a politician that's been in office for what? How many years now? Twelve? I can't. I, I lost count. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Mm, you know, so he's been here a next while. Year I think we'll be twelve. You know, I don't think his game plan is going to change much now. Maybe he's making some adjustments here and there. But in my in my and this is my opinion, my opinion only, uh, uh, you know, what you see in New Bedford uh, uh, is, is, in my opinion, the, the defunding of the police. Uh, and, and it's done in a way where it's not in your face. It's slowly being done by not adequately uh, 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 giving them the pay that they deserve and, and, and what it takes to, to, to get officers to work for the city. Uh, you know, forcing people to do uh, these long uh, work weeks. Uh, not hiring and not 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 putting out uh, bids for to pro properly compensate these people or, or get people to be attracted to these jobs. In my opinion, that's one way that they're defunding the police. You can see it. You know, no more police station downtown. You got the baker. They're smashing into their front door to to find whatever change and money they have hanging around. Uh, you know, you see all the crime that's happening in certain areas where the police aren't there as as much. And people are, 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 you know, some of these thugs are brazen enough to shoot at each other in broad daylight in areas where there's children, highly dense uh, areas. Uh, the South End uh, uh, on, the, on County Street uh, uh, near the bars there is in such a decline that you have the city councilor contacting me, pleading for me to help him because whatever he's done has not been enough or they're, they're, they're ignoring him or he they're just not taking them seriously. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. I know so, you. I know you say defund the police, but didn't didn't they just give a, over a million dollars to the police department for new equipment? Yeah, equipment. That's fine. I mean, equipment needs to be uh, renewed every year. That's fine. That's great. That's a good PR stunt. 
I'm talking about the flesh and blood, the souls. Well, they, they haven't the re- human beings. They haven't ain't. reduced the the roster for the police department. They just can't. They just have people that are leaving, and they don't have people filling it. Why are they leaving in record numbers? I mean, if it's such a great, safer place, so clean and so safe. So fresh and so clean. Well, I, I don't think Why it has to do they... with the safety. I think it, you're right. It, it has to do with the, the scale of pay. Right. I agree with you. And, uh, you know, and, and, and to keep the city safe, because, you know, as the mayor touted, the numbers of people that live here are raising. And he used that as a positive. Right. So there's more people here. You know, I don't know uh, the quality of the people or where they're coming from or whatever it is. We can all be the judge of that. But the thing is. We need public safety, and we're not going to have public safety when you're shutting down police stations, when you're not adequately paying these, these human beings to do the job, a very dangerous job, very dangerous. They don't know whether or not they're going to go home to, uh, to, their, to their loved ones. You know what I mean? And uh, you can't pay somebody, uh, uh, you know, uh, $20 an hour, uh, you know, to do this job. I'm sorry. I, it just doesn't make sense. Who would stay here? I, I can see them coming in, getting the training, getting uh, some some uh, uh, some time under their belt. But they're going to move on. They're not going to stay here when they see the politics and the way the chief uh, uh, basically has his hands tied, and the the mayor is the chief. You know, and like I said, this is my opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's what I got to say. That that's the impression I got from the whole uh, 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 state of the city. You know, at least he didn't say crime is down. You know what I mean? But for him to tout safer, and, you know, we need to have the police roster filled. You know what I mean? And uh, I know what he's going to say. He's already said it. It's not his fault, but he is the leader of the city. He has to come up with a plan. He has to come up with the money. He has to figure these things out. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? That's his job. I'm going to just hold you there because i got to take a break, but thank you yeah, for no the call. Problem. I appreciate you letting me talk. Thank have, you. Have a good day. And I do have to take a break, so callers, hang on. We'll get to you when we come back, but I don't want to fall behind. We'll be back in a few moments. Six zero five hundred. Let's go back to the phones. You are next on WBSM. Hey, Mr. Weisberg. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Can I talk about something else? Sure. Um, I was curious because I know I'm not going. But Aerosmith, I looked it up over here. Eight hundred dollars for row fifteen, nosebleed row. You know. Wow. I mean, they're going to do TD Gardens uh, New Year's Eve. I don't know what that's going to be. It's not telling me yet. But Taylor Swift, two thousand dollars for nosebleed roll. How? Why is it? Why? Why well, is it like the, that? So those are probably they probably say on those ones verified resale. And I only say that because I know that the Taylor Swift shows have sold out. So that's probably somebody who bought the tickets now who are reselling them through Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster has so basically. I was going to say yeah. They they basically they tried to they tried to get rid of the third party sellers and the scalpers by creating their own system so that you can buy tickets from them and resell them. And what it's turned into is it's turned into those same people now with Ticketmaster accounts 
buying tickets and then reselling them at exorbitant prices. I, I, I've heard that the ticket mess is about the cheapest you're going to get, though, isn't it? Uh, not necessarily, because sometimes when you have shows that don't sell out, then some of these other companies will, rather than uh, sit on the tickets and have them go empty, they will cut the price down a little bit. And then a lot of places are doing things with Groupon, where if they have shows that don't sell out, they'll do Groupon. So, for example, you know, I got tickets to a show at Xfinity Center last year through Groupon, where the tickets would have normally been $30 through Ticketmaster or $35 through Ticketmaster, plus all those fees. So you're looking at about 50 bucks for the ticket, whereas Groupon sold it to me for $25 a ticket flat. No other fees included. So, I mean, mm. I saved half the money by going through Groupon. But that's not, you know, that's not every show, especially the popular shows. Well, I was in and out of BSM this week because I had a lot of appointments. But I did hear a little bit about you were giving tickets away. What was it, Willie Nelson or something? Last week we gave away Willie Nelson, yes. This week we are giving away Boston Calling Tickets, which is a three-day music festival uh, over Memorial Day weekend. And what is that, a game, trivia game or something to win? Uh, no, we have on the website. You can enter to win. You put in all your information, and then we pull a, a name from the the random generator. Oh, well, that must have made people happy. Yeah, we're giving that away, and uh, not next wow. week, but I think the week after, we're giving away Ed Sheeran tickets. And yeah, oh, yeah. We, we have uh, plenty of other shows coming up this summer. Uh, Brett Michaels from Poison. Um, we're going to have James Taylor later on this summer with Barry. Wow. Uh, so, How yeah. Um, How old is James Taylor? He's up there. It's got to be, I think, think maybe early 80s, late yeah, 70s, early 80s. Compared to Willie Nelson, I mean, <laughs> yeah. How, that guy's what, 91? Just, 90? He just turned 90 on Saturday, Willie Nelson did. Oh, and he's still alive after all that weed, huh? Hey, some people say it helps you live longer. He's 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 their yeah, proof of it. Yeah, come on now. J James, Taylor is 70, that now. James Taylor is 75. I just looked it up. Oh, James Taylor is 75, yeah. Poor guy. He really took a beating from his wife, huh? That first one? Yeah, I, I, I tell the story all the time, but I got to meet James Taylor one time when I... Uh, oh, yeah? I went into the Cumberland Farms in Marion, and uh, I walked in, and he was oh. there, and he had a, a gallon of milk in his hand. Well, he his kids went to Tabor, so he had a gallon oh. of milk in his hands that he was going to be bringing over to his kid, and I looked at him, and I said, James Taylor, what are you doing here? And he looks down at the milk, and he says, I'm buying milk. And that you was... You didn't get a picture with him? Oh, come on. No, no, I don't bother celebrities. If, well, you uh, could have asked. Come on, James Taylor, you know? Nah, he was buying milk for his kid. I don't, I don't, I don't get, sometimes like if I'm at something like a meet and greet or something, yeah, I'll take a photo with a celebrity. I, I have yeah. some hanging on my wall, but for the most part, if I see them out in public, I'm not going to bother them. Yeah. Okay, Tim, just wanted to talk about the prices. I think it's ridiculous, but, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, Bruce Springsteen tickets were going for like two or $3,000 because it might be the last tour for the E Street yeah. Band. I mean, I'd love to go see Bruce again, but not for those prices. I mean, Aerosmith. What are they going to do? This is a retirement tour or something now? They're all in their 70s like me? Yeah, they're going to they're be done. They're going to be done. They'll probably do late night talk show or something? No? I don't know. I mean, you never know. Like, I, I don't, I think they're still going to stay in music. So they, I think they're just not going to go out and, you know, do all these shows. But you might get more, you know, appearances from them here and there, especially, you know. Well, I always like them. I mean, they're from Massachusetts, Boston, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they did good. They did good over the I enjoyed everything they ever saying. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. in the service industry who have dealt with them, you know, like coming to their homes and like my uncle built a deck for Joe Perry once. Uh, I know people wow. who have gone and serviced their homes in Marshfield and, and everybody always says they're just the nicest people. And of course, Casey yeah. Tebow, Chris McCarthy's friend, worked with them for years and, uh, mm. and and had Steven Tyler in his movie, Happy Birthday. And he talks about just what a great group of guys they are. So, I mean, wow, they deserve they deserve yeah. everything they've had. 
Yeah, that's great. Okay, All right. Tim. Well, you have, have a good, good day. day. Yep. And I do have to take my final break of the hour. Uh, and, of course, we'll have open phone lines throughout the course of the show at 508-996-0500. If you want to call on and chime in, we'll be right back. All right. We are just about ready to go into the newsroom. Cape John in Fairhaven sent in an app chat message. Parking for Taylor Swift across from a baseball stadium in Houston last year was $70, and the lots were full. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, a $70 parking for some of these shows, I think people would gladly pay that. I mean, how many people go to a Red Sox game and they try to park near Fenway Park? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.